we're back in the mix. We hope this episode gets a lot of clicks, and when we go through scripture, we make the right picks. Welcome back to True North Talk, episode 46. Thank you, everybody, for coming back to True North Talk. We hope that your relationship with God has been a good walk. We're planting these seeds so that it grows into a fruitful stalk. Welcome Mm. back to True North Talk. (laughs) Welcome back. (laughs) Let's go. Okay, now Peter and I, we've been basically practicing our rhymes for how long? The past what? Half an hour, <laughs> maybe legitimately, yeah. Maybe and as, 45 as, minutes. as funny as that sounds, it's actually true. Yeah. Uh, we kind of got sucked into a thing. Long story, I'm not going to get into it. But yeah, we've been working on the rhymes. But anyways, the, the rhymes are just a fun way to kind of grab your attention at the beginning of, beginning of the episode. Yep. We hope to keep it fun and lighthearted, and hopefully you guys find that kind of funny. Whenever you tune in, you can look forward to the, the corny rhymes at the beginning of the True North Talk episodes. Not always. We have some episodes where we don't rhyme. Right. You know, but it's we want to keep right it. Time. It's not the right time. You don't always got to rhyme. Um, but anyways, we could, get, <laughs> we could get into that more. That's the thing, too, is when we get into that, it kind of, like you said, sucks us in. And it's just like trying to, trying to follow up the next one with another one. So it's easy to, easy to get stuck in that zone. Get stuck in the zone. Look up at the sky. That's the layer of ozone. <laughs> I'm in zone with zone. <laughs> Talking calzone, frozone. I think a good NBA player was Carl Malone. Ooh. Played on the Bulls. He didn't like the mole. Made shots pretty hot. Make him go swish. He don't want to wish. Okay, yeah, we're gonna, we're done with the rhyming. We'll, we'll cut it off there. <laughs> so, anyways, today's episode we're going to talk about. Uh, first John, we're going to read out of first John today, two into three and uh, Peter, I'll just hand it off to you. You had these bullet points and these points you wanted to go over today. So, uh, what are the, what are the main topics for today's episode? Yeah. Uh, the, the main topics are God's children and sin. And we'll be kind of taking a dive into what differentiates between being children of God and being children of the devil. And that might seem like kind of an, an obvious thing, but, I think it's important to kind of have a clear insight and wisdom about what differentiates true children of God and children children of the devil. And we're also going to look at the love that that God lavishes on us. And full transparency, this was something that I was like, God, show me what you want us to talk about today. And this is what I what I turned to in the Bible. We've been in First John at least once or twice. Um, so might've been cause I've opened up to here before a couple of times, but regardless, I think it's a good passage. And I mean, it kind of stuck out to me too, being God's children. We're kind of in that season right now. We're recording on Sunday, mother's day and, you know, coming up in a month will be father's day. So kind of that, that angle as well. And happy mother's day to everybody listening. I know when this comes out, it'll be four days later, but Joseph and I are, are very blessed to have to have two amazing mothers and so so grateful for for both of them and um and just yeah like like Joe said happy mother's day to to everybody out there listening to this episode Definitely I think something <clears throat> just a small thing that we need to keep in mind is um something I've been trying to incorporate more in my prayer life is just a continual um attitude of gratefulness toward the things we take for granted and sometimes you can take your parents for granted you know because they've been there for your whole life. Um, and they're just such a factor for so long that you just get used to it. But a day like today does make you think about all of the things that they've done for you and the sacrifices they've made. And, uh, you know, the sacrifices that our parents make for us, 
kind of relates to some of the sacrifices that that Christ made for us, and just the attitude that we should have as as Christians and as children of God, which is what we're going to be going into. Um. So, yeah, I mean, we can just go ahead and dive into the the scripture here and get talking about it. So I'll take First uh, John. We're going to be in First John two. Uh, tw- well, there's only two verses here at the end, twenty eight through twenty nine, and then we can maybe you can just take the First John three through ten, one through ten. Yeah, and we'll for me. discuss it. So this is on God's children and sin. And now, dear children, continue in Him, so that when He appears, we may be confident and unashamed before Him at His coming. If you know that He is righteous, you know that everyone who does what is right has been born of Him. I, I guess. I'll stop there because it kind of goes then into the love that God shows toward us. Um, you know what? What? What do you think? Kind of stands out to you from from those first couple of verses. What do you What do you kind of pull from that? Well, twenty nine. If you know that He is righteous, you know that everyone who does what is right has been born of Him. Uh, kind of makes me think of people who are not saved that do quote unquote good things. Um, I don't know. What do you think about that? Because to me, it's like everyone who does what is right has been born of him. So you can't really do right if you're not born again. I I just kind of, I don't know. That's a little bit vague to me. So what do you think about that? Um, I think, I think what it says at the beginning of, if you know that he is righteous, when you have that mindset and you're doing things that are right, then I think you're you're born again. You're born of him being Jesus. Whereas if you don't recognize that, I feel like what we often get sucked into, and even, even as believers sometimes, is this idea of just kind of doing <clears throat> the right thing to make ourselves look better or to just kind of feel better about ourselves or to build up our own image. And so I think having that mindset of knowing that he is righteous, I would say is what differentiates that between being born of him and being just kind of of the world and what the world considers right, which doesn't always align with, with God's design anyways. Um, And so what is is the world's definition of right? That's a, that's kind of a big question, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, it's whatever makes you feel good, right? Yeah. Or, you know, whatever whatever benefits you is right. That's the world's definition. Pretty easily, you can see how that could slip out of control with the wrong person. You know, that's something that we, um, today, my uh, one of my good friends at church, Trevor Butch, he leads our worship, and he preached today. He did a great sermon, but he was talking about, you know, the world's definition of of love and the world's definition of love is hypocritical. Um, but Christian love, how true Christians should love, it should not be hypocritical, but it's because, and he also mentioned, uh, you know, like the lack of an objective and foundational truth in the world, which explains the reality of nobody having an answer in the world of what's good, what's right. You know, cause yeah, it's going to feel good if you go help help out a, a poor person, you know, give them money. That's going to feel good naturally to do that most of the time, unless you're broke. <laughs> unless you're broke yourself and you're giving somebody else money, you're like, oh, I don't know. But um, well, I think even even that, on that point, just briefly kind of displays a trust in God. 
Like you, you do yeah. have to be wise. I mean, it, it's but but the story of like the the widow who gave up her her last two coins, and some people were looking at it like you know the Pharisees or the religious leaders were looking at it like, oh, she only gave this much, but that was all she had, and so that's yeah. On that point, just you you do have to be smart, but. It, it is very important to trust in God. And that was, that was what we talked about actually in, in church today at my church was that Jesus was amazed two times in the gospels. And one was at a, like the strength of faith that somebody had. I think it was the centurion who had a relative or something like that, who was, who was dying or, or sick. And he said, say the word and I know that they'll be healed. And then another time there was an example where those from his hometown, people there were saying like, isn't this just the carpenter's son? We know who, where he comes from, who he is. And he was like amazed at their lack of faith. And so that, that kind of goes down a different path maybe than what we are doing in this episode. But having, having that faith in God, I think, I think is another sign of that righteousness and, and doing right is, is having faith in God. Yeah. And oftentimes our faith in God and, and faith in general, this is a principle that Peter and I have discussed, I think off the podcast, but just something you have to employ in your life is that faith is not always about feeling faith. Like walking in faith is about walking in faith when you don't feel it. Because oftentimes the feeling and the, and the, you know, the feeling of belief and faith will follow your actions it's acting as if you have faith. That's what really true faith is, is faith will come. But it's like, you're not always going to feel that way. Like, are you going to feel, in that example, are you going to feel like, you know, if your finances are pretty tight and you give money to somebody, are you going to feel like the Lord will provide? Like always? Are you going to feel like that financial stability is in the near future? You're not going to feel like it, but you're walking in faith. You're still giving, you know, it's, it's, as long as you're not being irresponsible. But even in our lives, the challenging things, you know, if somebody has a goal in their life that is challenging, that requires much effort and most people don't think it's possible, you have to walk in faith even when you don't feel like it's possible. Because anything you do in life that's challenging, it takes action, you know, and that's even piggybacking off of last week's episode when we were talking about actions preceding your words Anything in life that's challenging, is it takes action. You have to act with faith even before you feel it. Because the reality is, you know, anything, you know, worth having that's challenging and worth achieving is going to be difficult. It's going to take a lot of faith and including your walk with God. It's going to be, it's going to be hard sometimes. You know, faith is not, it's great because it can be blissful and it can be, you know, Amazing, and it is. It, it is a lot of the time as Christians. That's you know the peace that comes with having faith, the peace that transcends all understanding. But you know, you're also going to have moments where you have to walk in faith when you don't feel it. And there's so many contexts that that can that that is apparent in life. You know, when you, it, I don't know. I have, I have a couple examples for that happen when that happened with me, where something didn't work out in my life the way I wanted it to. And I was so set on it going a certain way. And even though at the moment I was feeling completely like disappointed and kind of crushed, I was like, even when I didn't feel like it, I said, Lord, I'm still going to walk and trust you. 
I'm still going to do it. Even just saying the words, if you, if it's hard to muster it up to say it, but even just saying it changes something. I'm choosing to walk in faith. I don't care what it takes. You know, yeah, that I, I don't know. That's just a massive part of our faith is walking when we don't feel like it. Because it's not always a feeling. So I think it's important to keep in mind when it comes to faith. And I think sometimes it's subconscious. It's just in the way that we go about living our lives. If we're truly in tune and in step with God, we'll, we'll go about life with that trust in him. And like you said, it's not always a feeling. And, and it is important also to sometimes verbalize that. But a lot of times it's just being in constant communication with God, whether that's reading our Bible or prayer. I mean, both is both is better, obviously. And by being in that communion with God, we then have that subconscious faith in him in in that every decision that we make. It's almost like this reassurance or this kind of like calming feeling that what we're doing is right and is righteous and I don't know. Sometimes it's easy to just say, you know, you, you know it when you feel it, but I would say this is one of those examples of that where when you have that faith, the feeling is kind of maybe a little bit tough to describe, but it is again, just this like assurance of knowing that what you're doing is following God's plan for you. And Mm -hmm. I mean, and on another note, I, I believe that Everything, even if you make a wrong decision, is still part of God's plan, and He'll still use that um, for, for again, for His good purposes and His plan. Doesn't mean that He's not disappointed when we make the wrong decisions, but He'll still find a way to get us through those. And yeah. I think to to tie it back to this righteousness, when we are living by faith, I think that's one of the best signs that we are living you know, as, as someone who does right and has been born of him. Yeah. And that's, it is a feeling sometimes. And I'm not even just saying the faith, cause I think you're also talking about peace that comes with faith. Um, like that's something that, you know, is significant that I have talked to with unbelievers or people that are kind of searching is like, you don't have that peace. Like they don't have it. And we don't always have it. Like, you know, there's times of anxiety in a Christian's life. There's times of fear. There's times of sorrow. You know, there's times of all that. But the the prevailing disposition of a Christian is peace if you are walking with God. Because you understand that no matter what happens in this life, that you still have him. You know, you still have him. And he's going to have you. And... uh that he is completely sovereign. This God, you know, this is a God who made the universe. He made everything. He controls everything. Um, this is something that, you know, my fiance and I were talking about was everything had to happen exactly the way it did for us to meet each other. Everything. Like our grandparents, you know, if they wouldn't have met, if they wouldn't have been at the same place that they were when they met, we would not be here. Our six generations removed great-grandparents everything in their lives had to go exactly the way it did for us to meet, you know, everything, everything is so perfectly orchestrated in our lives that we can trust that, you know what, no matter what happens that we have our relationship with God and he's going to get us through it. And he has a plan for us. And by the way, guess what he says? He says that if we're, you know, if we submit ourselves, 
So not only can we trust his sovereignty, but also we understand that based on Matthew 6.33, um, if we seek his kingdom first and his righteousness, all these things will be added unto us. And let's see, there's another one here. Um, all things work for the good. You know what that was, that passage? I don't know the reference, but all Romans things 8:28. Yeah, work for the good of God who, who loves us. We know that all things work together for, for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. All things work for the good. Even the quote-unquote bad things that we think are bad in the moment work for the good. So, you know, we should be encouraged um, as, as Christians that like everything, anything that happens in life will work out if we're with God. Uh, even, and, and honestly, something encouraging with that too is the story of Job, right? We've referenced it a couple times, but like that man, the courage, the faith that, that that took, but it shows you that it's possible for, to have literally everything taken from you and to still have faith. And I think the attitude of Job is something we need to take on as Christians in this life, because we're going to, we're going to have a lot of challenges, you know, we just are, there's a lot of hard things that happen in life even daily life sometimes. I know, you know, Peter and I have been both very, very busy recently and daily life can be, can be overwhelming if you're not, you know, diligent in your, you know, mental fortitude. It can be challenging, but having that mindset of attacking each day, you know, and being strong in our faith and understanding that, you know, nothing can take us off our track. Nothing can shake us. Absolutely nothing. You know, that's, that's really what it means to be a leader too in the church is like, nothing is going to shake my faith. Absolutely nothing. I've even had a challenging time. You can tell me your thoughts on this, Peter, but I've had a challenging time, you know, understanding, because I've had some tragedy. I've experienced some tragedy with my, you know, some of the experience I've had in life. And I'm not saying that I, I should deserve any sort of credit at all or anything from it, no pity. But the tragedy, the tragedy that I have experienced I just, I can't ever comprehend people who are like, God, why are you doing this to me? Or like, you know, why me, God? Or, you know, something like that. It's like, that just puts the focus on you, you know? It's all about you. And I just think that that stems from an un, an, an incorrect view of the purpose of life, you know? <laughs> And, and the purpose of the universe. But I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, I, I do want to be compassionate in the way I say this, but I do think it's kind of a selfish attitude. And I would say yeah. it precedes the moment of tragedy. It's it's not from from the moment of tragedy onward. It's probably an attitude that maybe you had before it happened. And obviously you can't change the past, but it is so important to understand our place in the universe you know we are the most i don't know what the right word is but like the, we're the highest level of existence on this world yeah but we pale in comparison to who god is yeah um, and obviously it does say we are made in his image so we are very important but i would say it's more our importance as a collective human race versus like each person a person and it's really only a way that god can like view it the idea that like we are all so equal 
and yet he cares for each single one of us so unbelievably more than we can imagine. But again, I think yeah. we twist that all around and we think, you know, I, I mean, the one, that, the one thing I, I always think of is Burger King, have it your way. It's just, <laughs> it's, it's this like, you know, and, and it's probably, probably lighthearted, who knows, but it is kind of this like, you know, selfish attitude of, you know, I'm first, me first, I'm, you know, I'm the center of this universe, I'm the center of, of my world and, and everybody else kind of, you know, is just around me and the I old journey first. song anywhere you want that's, that's the, the way, way you need it exactly yeah but yeah yeah definitely it's just it's it's kind of a and again i i do just want to express you know sympathy for people who do feel that why me mindset but there, there's something i heard in church like instead of thinking a why me? It's more changing how you think. Why me? Instead of thinking like, "Oh, woe is me. Why did you give this to me, God?" It's more thinking of it like, "Why did? Why do you think I'm prepared to?" I'm trying to think of how to word this, but I'll change the words and just say instead of thinking like, "Why me?" Think, "What can you do through this, God?" If yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, but why me again? I've actually seen this in a cycle. I'm not. I'm definitely never going to name a name of a, of a person with this situation, with this example. But like, I've seen a person, and this person went to my church and goes to my sometimes goes to my church. I don't, I'm not going to name any names or give any hints. But like this person, there'd be cycles. You know, they come to church and everything is good. Then something bad happens in their life, and like, why me? God, quit going to church. Mm. And then they get the cycle again. Oh, I need God again in my life. Boom, go again. Get in good, you know, good grace with God. And then something bad happens again. Why me, God? It's almost, you know, it's an incorrect fundamental view of your position with God is it's not about you. You know, it's not about you. It's about our lives are about serving God, period. That That's why we're on this earth. And it's actually... It's, it's a significant realization and it's something that we've talked about on the podcast earlier, but I mean, a lot of my life personally, I can speak, you know, there's that, there's that innocence of childhood that you have up until you about you graduate high school. But I know for me personally, there was a couple of years after high school, maybe 18 through 20 ish, maybe 21 a little bit where I was kind of experiencing like an existential, like, okay, I, I don't, you know, I don't question I'm not lost necessarily, but it's like, why, what's my purpose here? Like, what am I here to do? Trying to find my purpose, trying to find my singular purpose, which I think is, is important, especially as a man. Yeah. But ultimately a a very simple, but significant realization that has like absolved a lot of that in my life is that I'm here to serve God. Like that's my singular purpose. I'm here to serve him. If I look myself in the mirror and say every day, that I'm doing everything I can to serve him, then I feel at peace. And serving God is our purpose in this life. So having that fundamental understanding kind of prevents you from, from the why me mindset, you know? Because why me means it's like, I'm here in this life to have good things happen to me. I'm here to have a good life. When really a good life is living a life of sacrifice, which is what we'll see 
which is what we see in Romans 12, a living sacrifice. It's literally what the thing is called, the header. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And today in my church, shout out Trevor. I might even send the episode to him because he really had a great sermon. But um, speaking about his perfect will, um, he had three, three marks of a true Christian's life. And that was one of sacrifice, service, and love. And in the sacrifice section, um, one of the points was a life of sacrifice is seen when a person sacrifices their own pleasure and will and chooses the will of God. And right here, how do we choose the will of God? How do we find it out? Well, we find it out by not conforming to the pattern of the world, but being transformed by the renewing of our mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So getting out of the world. So... Maybe that begs the question, Peter, what do you think are some practical ways to not conform to the ways of the world? I think the first one is the habits that you foster in your life and kind of in a similar vein with that and kind of they kind of go one, you know, hand in hand together is who you surround yourself with. We've talked about this a lot in the episode. And when you mentioned the the time, you know, kind of beginning of college right after high school graduation, you know, I had this a similar sort of thing during that time. For me, it was more, and, and again, I I still held the belief deep down that yes, God God did exist. I would would never say I got to the point of being agnostic or an atheist or anything like that. But I kind of, I guess it's probably just the the time in our lives where your brain is just kind of developing more and you're able to think kind of bigger picture and everything. And I was just thinking, you know, do you exist, God? or what are, what are the signs of your existence? I say, I would say is more how I framed it and Hmm. having, I mean, first of all, parents like the parents that I have that I've been blessed with. And then also during that time, having a friend like you and surrounding myself with other people who had a similar mindset, especially at the church that I went to, um, of which during that time, or at least part of that time, my dad was, was a senior pastor. So that definitely helped. But just yeah, surrounding yourself with the people and creating the habits of being in the word every day and truly soaking it up because it's one thing. And I think, you know, something that I would say kind of intermediate believers do, or maybe kind of right in the, in, in the middle stage of being beginner and intermediate and something that I think I did, especially like me when I was in high school is Bible reading plans. You kind of, Maybe try to read through the Get whole Bible in the year. Well, th- two, one of two things. Either, like like you just said there, you just try to get it done. So you speed through it, whether it's a long or a short passage. You don't soak it up. You don't pay attention to what you're reading. And the other one thing, the other thing too is a reason that that happens is because you might try to be like, oh, I want to read through the Bible in a year, which is good, again, yeah. if you kind of, if you pause to soak that up, but if you're just doing it to do it, like you said, something that I always think is, you know, just checking off a checklist. If you're just doing it for that, just to get it done, to say that you did it, to feel like you're in a good place with God, that's not the right mindset to have. Instead, I mean, 
kind of the easiest thing to do is just pray to God before you start reading, Lord, what do you want me to show? What do you want to show me today? What do you want me to yeah. to garner from this? Yeah. And so and I there's think so many opportunities. Yeah. There, there's so many opportunities every day. Like if you seek God every day, there's going to be something that sticks out to you. You're going to have a conversation. You're going to have somebody say something to you. It's like, hmm, that's something in my church right now. We're doing it is, is turning every conversation, how we can into a gospel conversation. There every day are opportunities, including in your reading. And if you're seeking, you know, like you said, simply praying about it, Lord, show me something from this word today, you know, show me something from what I read. If you're entering into it with that attitude, even if you read one verse, you can go to Proverbs and read one verse, that verse will stick with you throughout the day. And you'll start reevaluating some of your own habits in your life and some of the other things that you do in your life to say, Wow, even that one thing, you know, changing that one habit in my life really did make a big difference, you know. And, bro, I, I don't know, something we're going to probably do an episode on fully because I mentioned to you it today earlier, but like the importance of watching what we say, mm-hmm. the importance of our speech, and the power that it has over our lives. That's a simple thing right there. Like, if you read a proverb about, you know, wise is the one who is slow to speak, it's like that one thing would be like, Hmm, I wonder why that is. If you don't have a full understanding of why, you're going to rethink saying anything negatively. Because I know for me personally, like at work, it's so easy to like unconsciously slip into gossiping about other people, you know, because of just the nature of how it is at my, at my job. It's just there's things, you know, get around the site I work at and people talk about other people. And even if it's not negative, you have to be so vigilant and diligent about, you know, not speaking about other people when they're not there. Like I literally, I'm working, I'm still improving, obviously I'm not perfect, but like my stance, bro, is like, I am not going to say a word about somebody if they're not in the room, Hmm. period. Whether it's good, uh, well, I'll speak good, obviously like, oh, this, you know, I like this person, but I'm not going to speak about them or anything they've told me unless they're in the room because it's always going to come back on you, Hmm. always. And it's the most, not only is it cringe, but it's, it's just a bad look. But that's one thing. That's one example from what you're saying, which is like, don't overthink it. Don't think, you don't even have to get on a reading plan. If you're new to reading, you don't have to get on some sort of reading plan every day. But if you're just consistent, that's the main thing. You know, with, any, with a lot of success in life, most success, if not all, is about consistency. You know, not jumping in right away, not trying to read the whole Bible right away. It's the same thing as working out, right? Not trying to get in the gym the first week and just go crazy. You're going to get burnt out. Just start small and build those habits over time. And uh, that's the most important thing. But do you want to go ahead and read 1 John 3? We're kind of, I don't know if we're slipping behind. We want to make sure we get this in. Yeah. Uh, And I just wanted to add, too, that consistency is so key. Quickly referencing what it says in 28, John, 1 John 2, 28. And now, dear children, continue in him, so that when he appears, we may be confident and unashamed before him at his coming. So again, once you establish those habits, and, and they're established by consistency, but once they're established, continuing in in him, in the word, and in prayer. And yeah. this, I would say, kind of ties into more what we were talking about earlier, when maybe you feel maybe a little bit of that, just despair might be a strong word, but just kind of maybe 
maybe if you're feeling a little bit lost and you're wondering why me or you just feel like God's love isn't there, I feel like these next three verses or so are a good reminder for when you're going through that. Well, really quickly, too, yeah. before you read, I, I want to say something real quick, and it's, you know, it's actually a stark experience I remember very specifically with you. And it was, I think it was like a few months ago, maybe December, January. And, you know, as believers, you can get into a little bit of a rut sometimes, you know, even spiritually or mentally, like you can just get in a rut. And there, I remember there was a time when Peter and I, we had a conversation on the phone and we were both like, dude, hmm. We're just in a rut, you know, like we, we just need to get out of this rut. I don't know what it is, but <laughs> it was a strange thing because we kind of, we both encouraged each other yeah. and we kind of read some scripture about it. And sometimes that's all you need is like just a little boost mm. and like just a little word of life. Yeah. And there's actually a scripture about that. Hmm. I, I forget what it is, but it's like a good word will lift the soul yeah. of a brother. But like. I don't know. Something else will turn him away, or something like that. Yeah. But I think I think that's probably just, just, a proverb. But I don't know the reference yeah. exactly. But like something simple like that can make a big difference. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying that because you know you can get you know believers. You can have challenges. You can have the little ruts sometimes if you're not careful. And sometimes you need that encouragement. So I think it's a good preface for what you're about to read. Definitely. Yeah, and I, and I remember that moment. Then we both kind of kind of came out of that rut at the same time, which was pretty pretty cool. But Dude, it was in the same phone call. Yeah. And it was pretty incredible too because it was lasting. Like I know for me, I really haven't felt the same way since, honestly. Yeah. Like it's it's been it was that big of a difference. Hmm. It was from one conversation. Yeah. You know. And, and that's so. the thing. One conversation can change so much. Like you said, one proverb can leave you with a lasting impact the rest of the day. Yeah, it's okay, right here. Proverbs twelve twenty five. Uh Anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. There we go. Yep. It's Amen. a great, great verse right there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. And an example of, of that kind of uplifting is, is the love that God has for us. So picking up here in 1 John chapter 3, verse, I think, 1 through 3 is what I'll read here. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that, is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now that we are children of God and what we will be has not yet been made known, but we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. All who have this hope in him purify themselves just as just as he is pure. Now, I'll keep going unless you had anything you wanted to, to add. Yeah, you can keep going. Everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. But you know that he appeared so that he might take away our sins, and in him is no sin. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or knows him. Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. The one who does what is right is righteous, just as he, Jesus, is righteous. The one who does what is sinful is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. No one who is born of God will continue to sin, because God's seed remains in them. They cannot go on sinning, because they have been born of God. This is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not God's child, nor is anyone who does not love their brother and sister. Mm. 
some powerful pretty, powerful words there. Yeah, pretty strong language. Uh, the okay, the one who does what is sinful is of the devil, hmm. because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. Shout out those rhymes. <laughs> yeah. Baseball games, they're long through nine innings. Never mind. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so a couple, I don't know, a couple really stark points there stuck out to me. Um, right here. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. So you've, it's basically, he's saying no one who continues to sin has ever known Christ, which is pretty incredible. Yeah. That's right. Strong words for sure. Yeah. And sometimes I don't know if it's easy, but if you're not the purpose that we say always, you know, about reading every day and really getting into a church with, you know, fellowship with other believers is because unconsciously very quickly, you can find yourself letting small things slide. And, uh, if you let small things slide, it'll desensitize you to the bigger things that are sin, you know, but if we keep on sinning, it says that we're not of him. And I think that that is actually, I mean, it's obviously true. It's in the Bible, but, um, it is so true even in our, in my life, like I've seen, because, you know, as a Christian, we should feel convicted when we sin, very convicted. And, you know, it's, it is hard. It like, it's almost, it's very challenging to, you know, I would even say it's impossible at this point to like knowingly continually sin for me. Like I, I feel so convicted about a singular thing mm-hmm. that it's like continually sinning is just not an option. Like if, if I'm aware of something in my life and I'm not taking action upon that to, rectify it. I know in my heart that I'm not close to God and I'm not living uprightly. So I think that that is, that is true. And that's also freeing because sin, the wages of sin are death, right? Death is the ultimate expression. The second death is the ultimate expression of sin. That eternal punishment, the eternal separation from God is the ultimate uh, expression, which is death. But like we know that because we cannot continue on sinning for followers of Christ, that on the other side of that is life and our souls are transformed. Our, our hearts are transformed. We have really the gifts of the spirit. I would say that come when you are living uprightly. So I think that was a stark thing there. Do you have anything to say about that before I go into the second thing I noticed? I mean, I would just obviously agree with what you were saying. And, and I think, yeah, it is, it is important that sometimes in the word it is like, black and white. I know sometimes we'll see the Bible and it can get a little, a little bit gray or just like not always clear. I think as you mature in your faith and and as both of us continue to grow in our faith, things do become a bit more black and white throughout. But I feel like here it's so black and white about if you're stuck living in a sin, it doesn't, it's not saying here that you can't get out of it, but it's saying if you don't like have any desire or don't, you know, do do what you can through the power of God to get out of that and understand that what you're doing is wrong. If you don't have any of that, then it says here you're of the that, that you're you know basically a, a child of the devil is what it's saying here. If you're if you're stuck in that sin or maybe maybe I'm misreading it a little bit, but no, I mean it says the one who does what is sinful is of the devil because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. 
And so, yeah, I mean, that's that's what it's saying here. If if you're, you know, just living in a sin and you don't have that feeling of of conviction, like like Joe said, then there's there's a big issue at play there that that needs to be corrected. Well, it's also a fine line, too, because the feeling of conviction is something that signifies that you are you know, you're not always willingly sinning or maybe you're not, you're remorseful, which is a sign of good. It's a good sign. Like you wouldn't feel remorseful if you didn't have an issue with the sin, but all that, you know, with all that being said, worldly people can still feel convicted when they sin, you know, and it does not mean that they're in a a good spiritual state, Mm -hmm. you know, before the conscience becomes seared, which can happen quickly or not quickly. Um, People feel bad when they sin. That's how, you know, God gave us all conscience and it tells us right and wrong. So, you know, that in itself is not a sign to say, okay, I'm still good with God because I feel convicted when I sin. Mm-hmm. But it is also a good thing. It's, it's also a good thing. If you feel very remorseful and sorrowful over one sin, it's like, okay, I know that, you know, I didn't want to do that. I didn't mean to do it flesh got the best of me or whatever the case may be, but in itself it's not a virtue to say, yeah, that's, that's a good thing. But I do think, you know, like I said, it's a fine line and also understanding that we are sinful. We're human beings. We're fully flesh as much as we have the spirit of God in us. So there's always going to be that war between the flesh and the spirit. Um, but as we said last week and said a couple other times, the process of sanctification is something that is real and expected as Christians is that the further you get along in your faith, uh, the more that you will be and should be improving in your life as far as sin goes. And that can be small things, right? It can be, you know, like something like the way you speak. If you're a Christian, you should not be cursing. You know, you shouldn't be saying negative things. You shouldn't be speaking negatively about other people. Uh, it could be the things that you consume, maybe watching vulgar TV shows or movies or consuming explicit music. That should stop. You know, you shouldn't be feeding these things to your soul. Um, and as you look at your life, you should see a general improvement in how you conduct yourself and how you live. It's, but it's, it's a process. It's a process. Uh, and I think that's kind of the point here in First John 3 is like, this is harsh language, but it's also to motivate us to say, okay, I'm in control of my life. Like I'm to, I'm not in full control. God's in control of my life, but like I have agency and I do decide what I allow in my life and what I don't. And something like this will make you reevaluate your life. What, what in my life needs to change? Because it is up to you, you know, and we all have areas that we can always improve on. But I mean, what are, what do you think are some common areas that people that Christians might not be aware of that need improvement? I would say language and, and just even like, like you, like you said earlier, gossiping about people, it's something that might seem, and we'll probably, you know, a sign of that is excusing it and saying it's, it's not gossip. We're just you know, talking, talking about somebody. And even if it's not necessarily outright bad things, but just kind of, you know, talking, talking behind somebody's back or, 
or using words that you're like, oh, they aren't that bad, but you know, maybe it's not, you know, one of those, those four letter words, but it's, you know, one of those like kind of cleaner quote unquote versions of those type of words and, and excusing that sort of thing or, or, you know, like you like said, saying what the frick exactly. <laughs> Shout out Ryan Bujak. <laughs> yeah. Um, or, or ju- I mean, yeah, it's, I feel like it's just excusing or like a, a little white lie, you know, where you, you kind of twist the truth around a little bit, maybe to benefit yourself or something and doing, Girl. doing that is, is something that might seem kind of innocent, but if you're not speaking the whole truth, it's a lie. I'm not going to lie, bro. Earlier in my life, even when, I don't know, it was like 18, 19, 20. I didn't take lying as seriously as I do now. Mm-hmm. Like there would be white lies where I was like, I don't care. Like it's not a, that big of a deal, but it always comes back to bite you mm-hmm. always. Like when you lie in some way or another, that will come back and get you ultimately. Yeah. That's why like every word you speak, everything you, sh- you say should be the truth, you know? And it's one of those things too. Like sin is not always something that we see direct consequences for, you know, and it's not right immediate away. consequences. Yeah. Yeah, immediate. It's like you can do something and get away with it in the short term, but often, I think all the time, those type of sins that you get away with, quote unquote, in the short term are harder in the long run to deal with because you're just adding up this penalty that you're going to pay for yourself. And when it hits, it's going to hit hard. Hmm. And also, it, communi- it communicates to your identity subconsciously that I, I'm a liar. You know, I lie. And that's that causes you some confusion and some misalignment with your relationship with God because you go to church and you hear things about lying and you read the word and it says liars do not inherit in the kingdom of heaven, but you continue to lie and you can, you excuse it. And it's like, there's that dissonance between what a Christian does and what you do, you know, and it's always that conviction that's there, but like, yeah, we should never lie ever. We should never knowingly lie about anything. Mm -hmm. The truth, even when it hurts, and when it's tough to say, is always better than telling a lie because yeah. it will come back and get you. But I think an area that some Christians can improve on that may, they may not be aware of is, well, I guess it, maybe it's a big one, but like in some ways living a double life, mm-hmm. like, you know, you go to church on Sundays and you do this and that. And I think in some ways I used to do that to a certain extent, you know, I wouldn't live a double life, but I would like, I would not be as open or express my faith as much because you know, the situation like in high school with the friend group and everybody was not, you know, the best quote unquote Christian that there was. And in order to kind of maneuver in that group and with those friends, you know, you wouldn't be as open about, I was not as open about, about my faith as I am now. Mm -hmm. Now I wouldn't partake in those activities that some people would do, but like, did I really own the fact that I was a Christian? I wouldn't, I wouldn't say so, you know, as much. So I think that's something that some people might not be aware of, but I don't know if you have anything else in that before we move on. I mean, I would just say that your actions back up what, what your words are. You know, it's one thing to, to say that you're a Christian and, you know, maybe even put an outward appearance like that you are, but then behind closed doors or, you know, when you're around certain people, you, like you said, kind of live that double life and you turn into a different person. 
And it's so important that our actions, like we talked about more in in the last episode, our actions align with our words and that we display the, the righteousness of God and have that true, you know, conviction and desire to repent when we do mess up. Because that's the other thing, too. It, it isn't just, like you said, it's not just about feeling the conviction. That's not the only sign that we need. We also need to be actively working to to better our, you know, areas that maybe we struggle in, you know, and constantly, constantly continuing to work to just avoid those sins or to acknowledge that we mess up when we do, when we do sin. And... So yeah, it's. I think the most important thing is just making sure that your actions align with the words and align with what God's desire is for for our hearts. Yeah, and even what we said last week about actions preceding words, um, in that area would help as well. <clears throat> as far as actually living out your faith, if you talk a big game about your faith, it's going to put more pressure on you to <laughs> to do the the hard work sometimes of living it out when it's not easy. Whereas if you just live and let your actions speak for themselves, I think I really, it's just the best strategy. It really is just the best strategy. Let your actions speak for themselves. Don't speak about it more. Let it speak for itself. And uh, I think most of the time you'll, you'll end up being okay. Mm-hmm. But to kind of wrap us all up here, I think we should go into uh, a little bit of Romans 12. And it speaks about the, you know, the mark of a true Christian, kind of what I was saying earlier, but I want to focus on the love aspect of it. Um, as it said here in first John three, let's see. Yeah. in verse 10, anyone who does not, does not do what is right is not God's child, nor is anyone who does not love their brother or sister. Love is not hypocritical to the true Christian. Love does not get vengeance. Love does not get revenge. Love must be sincere. And we see that in Romans 12, verse nine, love must be sincere, hate what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in love, honor one another above yourselves. This is speaking about the church, your fellow believers, honoring one another above yourselves, having an attitude of service at all times. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. And that's something that today in church, uh, Trevor was pointing out. Uh, blessing those who persecute you. That's a very, that's a pretty significant thing to say. And I think if we're being honest, a lot of us don't really do that. You know, somebody who's actually criticizing you and persecuting you, how often do we really bless those people and say, hmm. Lord, bless them, you know, and overlook that. Like, it's so hard to do that. Um, but again, that's the difference between the love of Christ and the love of the world is that love of the world is conditional love, you know, it's if you do this for me, I love you. Um, if you can provide me this, I love you. If you can, you know, add value to my life, I love you. But the love of God is not that way. And you can give me your thoughts on this, Peter, but our episode was not that, not that long ago about being able to decipher who, who is deserving of your trust in life Um in some lessons that I've learned with some of my friends, and I'm sure you've learned at some point with some of your friends or whoever the case is, um, is that the godly love is something that the world does not appreciate. You know, the, the love of Christ, this non-conditional love, 
that loves their enemy is something that the world and worldly people do not understand. They see it as almost like weakness or they just don't comprehend it, Hmm. you know, but your fellow believers will receive that in love and try to honor you even more than you honored them. And they'll serve you more than you serve them. That's true. Godly love It's sacrificial. It's servant love. So I'm not sure if you have any thoughts on that, but that's to me, that's what speaks out is like the world doesn't understand that love. Hmm. The world's love is conditional. Well, and I think it goes back to kind of what I said early in the episode about that selfishness is that we just put ourselves first and sometimes, you know, the world either doesn't have room to, you know, a worldly person doesn't have room to, to fit love for others or they don't even have that desire to do that or they don't have that connection to God where they can understand that the love that God offers is unconditional and it's it's almost a generational cyclical thing where it's just a cycle over and over again where maybe maybe they don't feel love from from their parents or for the, from those around them because you know maybe they they, they weren't because they weren't godly and they didn't show that and so then they don't really know how to how to show that to others or they never have really seen what godly love should look like um and they they don't pursue that and and I think that's another thing too that's just so important is the world often either either outright denies God and just wants nothing to do with him or they just have kind of an almost indifference where it's not like oh you know I don't I don't believe in God I don't I don't hate God I just I don't really care and I feel like that's a dangerous mindset to have and that translates to to love as well where if you don't just you know don't don't care about the the people who are around you then you're not going to have that unconditional love that that God offers and that he wants us to show to others Mm-mm. you're not and, and honestly indifference is worse than hate hmm. God said I'd rather have you be hot or cold you know if you're Lukewarm, I'll spit you out of my mouth. And that, that indifference is dangerous. <laughs> indifference is very dangerous. But I think, yeah, it's important to understand the difference between godly love and the world's love. And uh, just tying this all in again, I think your initial points and then our, you know, the, the things I mentioned about living a life of sacrifice and service and love is the mark of a true Christian. You know, making our lives a living sacrifice laying down our lives for our brothers, honoring them above us, serving them above us, not thinking about our own needs, you know, thinking about our brother's needs. That's the mark of a, of a Christian. It takes humility. It takes a lot of perseverance. But as we said early in the episode, oftentimes faith follows your actions. The feeling of faith follows your actions. So we must act in faith and we don't feel like it sometimes in our walk with God and our walk in life, we step out in faith. So that's my final thoughts. I don't know if you have anything else to say, but if not, we can kind of wrap it up. I just had one that we hadn't really gotten to one, one point from earlier um, about how, I don't know if you've ever felt this way. I know at times, I guess I would admit that I, that I have where you almost feel like you're tied down by a sin in a sense and that it's just there's no way out of it um and I feel like as I've gotten closer to God it's that's lessened but I, I think it's it's important it's it's why one of my one of my notes going into this episode was sin is erased 
um, is because what it says in verses four, four through six is everyone who breaks, who, who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness, but you know that he appeared so that he might take away our sins and in him is no sin. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. I think that's just an important reminder that even if it sometimes feel like feels like we're stuck in a sin and it feels like we're like, you know, God, we're I'm a fallen human being. How can I get out of this? We need to remember that that's really what God's purpose was. What Jesus' purpose was coming to this earth was to free us from the from the bonds and the shackles of sin. And again, whether that's a quote unquote big sin or whether it's one of the, you know, quote little ones that we talked about. God came to set us free from those and to set us free just from the the guilt and shame that we feel when we when we sin and to also, you know, make it so that we're no longer guilty of those sins if we believe in him and you know confess confess that that Jesus is lord if we truly repent of those sins we can have true freedom from those well i would agree i think um we've all had times in our lives as believers where we felt tied down by certain sin um including myself but the one thing that has made that made the biggest difference to me with that was being so active and serving in church because once you're like, for example, I had a, you know, about six months, maybe year ish ago. I was, um, every Wednesday prior to when I was like 21, 20, I didn't really go to church actively. I mean, I, I still kept up my faith and everything like that, but like, Getting in a church, going to life group Wednesday nights. I had D group Tuesday nights where I would go and meet with four guys every week and get in the word and just talk about life. And Wednesday nights, get in the word again, talk about life, um, just fellowship. And then church Sundays, and I would serve Sundays. And honestly, it became impossible. If I was felt like I was struggling with a certain sin, it really became impossible to even sin because, not in general, but like specific sin, like, uh, you know, you're struggling with something of pride or if you're struggling with something of, uh, envy or, you know, fear, um, those things, whether, whatever the sin is, if you're always in church, if you're always, what's that verse about always keeping our minds on the things of God at all times. I forget what it is, but maybe you know what I'm talking about, but it's like Just keep, in keep everything you do on, on things above. Something like that, yeah. but it's like whether you eat or drink or whatever, whatever you do, do it all for the glory in, of God. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all for the will of God. I think. Yeah. Um, let's see if I can find it. But yeah, and I would we'll uh, just on that while you're looking for that, I'm looking for it too. But um, and whatever you do, this it might not be what you're thinking of, but I know this is this is my dad's life verse. Is and whatever you do. Whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him, and like like you said, you know, by by going to church, by having this this podcast, honestly, and by by having those conversations with those around me, I I would agree, obviously, as well, that that has been a major key to to breaking that feeling of of feeling like you're kind of lost or, or wandering through the world. Hasn't it been? 
it's it's really been re- remarkable how much even True North has changed our lives individually mm-hmm. and changed our walk with God. Like, it's such a big difference, even just having an hour a week. And I think that that's a testament to what we're saying here is like, if you have somebody, even for an hour a week, that you can just talk about your faith and fellowship and all those those kind of things about, you know, talking about God and just maybe some of your struggles, you know, that makes such a massive difference. But um, the verse, I don't know if this is what I was thinking of directly, but it, Colossians 3, 2, set your minds on things above, not on earthly, earthly things. And I think 2 Corinthians, um, uh, let's see. Whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God. Uh, Colossians three seventeen. Um, but it's true. The more that we're around believers, the more that we are consuming the word, the more that we are talking about our faith, the less the sin is going to be a temptation because we are going to realize, wow, I'm really living a double life as opposed to like church once a week, maybe not every week, you know, you're not, it's not as convicting because you're not around it. You're not in the word. You're not doing what you're supposed to be doing as much. Um, but weeding out those things in our lives. And it's true. You're either a slave to sin or you're a slave to God. So when you're in a certain sin, you're going to feel like you're a slave to it because you are. It's a, it's a cyclical thing, right? It's the sin, remorse, shame and guilt, feeling like you're far from God, which causes you to have whatever, anxiety or whatever, then you want to sin again. You know, it's, it is a cyclical thing. You just have to break the cycle. But I think, again, it goes back to what we were talking about initially, which is living a life of sacrifice and service and love. You know, those are three things I think are good indicators. If you're, you know, really struggling with sin, you know, like evaluate your life and say, how can I, how can I more make my life a living sacrifice? How can I even more serve the Lord? Because if I do those things, uh, my life will change. And maybe it's a thing of, you know, like you said earlier, who you're surrounding yourself with. Are you surrounding yourself with men of God, strong men of character, who you can actually go to about these things and that, you know, are living upright lives? You know, it's it's a mix of things, but I think, yeah, those three things that we talked about earlier are, are really good pointers as far as that goes. Yeah, and, and um, just one more additional thing on that. I think the best example of... The word, it's ser- sacrifice, service, and love, right? Or yeah, yeah, sacrifice, serving, service, and love. I think the the best example of that is obviously Jesus Christ. I mean, just looking yeah. at the the story of his life, both before, during, and after his time here on earth, is the ultimate sacrifice. The way he acted towards others, the way he treated others, his ministry was the ultimate act of service, and then giving his life on the cross was both the perfect example of sacrifice and love. I mean, it was sacrificial love. And we, we've talked about this on the podcast, just the importance of sitting in that and truly just yeah. thinking about that sacrifice and the love that Jesus displayed by dying on the cross, by giving up his life. It's just <laughs> Isn't so it incredible powerful. too. Like it just makes me smile, but I'm like, it's just so incredible that like, that event, mm-hmm. as crazy as that seems to some people and as like remarkable, God came down in human form and did that. Mm-hmm. And it's still one of the most disputed events in history. Right. Even if you don't believe in it, it's like... I think because it's so powerful that people... Yeah. 
you either like believe in it with your whole like being, which both you and I do, or you just find it too unreal to believe. And and I know but, we've talked about before on the podcast too. It takes more belief to not believe in it than it does to believe. Yes, it. but yeah, that's what's that's what's crazy is like we there's so much evidence for Jesus. Hmm. Like the, we know he was here. Yep. Historically, we know he was here. So at that point, it's like all right, well he's either the son of God or he's a crazy man because his own words are well recorded saying he's the son of God. And there's evidence and this is an episode we need to get into. We were kind of planning around Easter, but like the extra biblical evidence for Christ is so real. It's there. And it's like, wow, Hmm. you know, this actually happened. (laughs) It's crazy. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, his his attitude of service too. I mean, I think it's Philippians four, Thirteen. Thirteen. Well, not not we can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, but that he came in in the very nature of a, a of a servant, or maybe it's Philippians two. Um, but but yeah, yeah just I don't, I don't think it's in four. Yeah. Um, but just the attitude. Yeah, I think it's like two eight or something like that. The attitude of service that he displayed. Who, being in the very nature of God, yeah. did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, mm-hmm. being made in human likeness. And that 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 wraps up the the picture. I mean, that yeah. attitude that he had of service, and like you said, service is so important to kind of battling what we what we talked about the struggles that we have, the big and little sins, and all of that. S- sacrifice, service, and love really are the three I think perfect words to tie all that we talked about in this episode together. And no one exemplified that better. And of course, yeah, it's a standard that we can't reach on our own, but it's something that we should strive for is to live by the character of Jesus. Yeah, I just want to, I want to shout out Trevi B, good old Trevor Butch. Trevi B. <laughs> if you listen to the podcast, shout out. Yeah. A uh, really good sermon today. And uh, we'll have to have him on the podcast sometime. I talked to him about that not too long ago and he's open to it. So hopefully we'll get him on here sometime, talk about really, there's a lot of things we could talk about, but maybe, you know, just the, the role and importance of worship and uh, how we should all just have a heart of worship. And, you know, it's an idea and we'll, we'll see if we can get him on here. But yeah, those three things, sacrifice, service, and love to keep those things in our heart, meditate on them. And I think we will hopefully, you know, become more like him Yeah, and our lives will reflect. reflect that. And we'll have that peace and we'll be living Christ like lives, which are blessed and, just uh, in service to God. It's really what we care about and what we should care about. Mm-hmm. So, um, you don't know. You want to go ahead and wrap us up and pray? Yeah. Let's do it. Yes, sir. God, I just want to thank you for another opportunity to to come together and just bask in in your glory and, and the message that that you want both Joseph and I to to talk about and hear ourselves and for for everybody listening to this episode. I pray that we would all have attitudes of sacrifice, service, and love, and that we would truly understand just how much of a blessing it is to be children of God, to be born of you, and that we would live the lives that reflect that, Lord, that we would not remain stuck in sin. Lord, I pray that you would just give us an attitude of repentance as well, and that you would strengthen mm-hmm. and, and fortify all of us uh, against the fiery flaming arrows of the devil that are 
out on a daily basis and that we are equipped, Lord, to fend off, as it says in your word, the, the armor of God, Lord, you give to us so that we can defend ourselves against those. And thank you that, that you're always there to be the perfect picture of, of sacrifice, service, and love. And just, just thank you for, for another great episode talking, talking about you, God. Yeah, Lord, I want to pray, Lord, that you would uh, instill into all of us a spirit of humility, that we would not be wise in our own sight, and uh, that we would approach every day with a servant's attitude and just sacrifice for everybody in our lives, God. I pray that, that our actions would speak louder than any of our words and that we would just serve and love others, love our brother. Um, Lord, I love our brother as ourself, and even those who are unbelievers, I pray we would display that love and leave a lasting um, impact on their lives. I also pray anybody listening to this episode, Lord, that they would seek you, they would hear this today, and hopefully it would lift their spirit, um, and pray that we would all become more like you. And I just thank you for this day. Thank you for this podcast. I pray bless True North and our ambition here. And uh, just thank you for another episode in the books. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Well, if you made it to the end of episode 46, we appreciate everybody tuning in and listening. Make sure you like and rate the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Make you shake, make sure, geez, can't talk. Make sure you share the episode <laughs> with anybody who needs to hear it. And with that being said, this is Josie J. And this is PDP. PDP, signing out. Peace. Peace.